So Damien, I uh I got some big news. Okay. Our most devoted viewer, listener, fan, the one we refer to as Corey. Uh him and his wife just had a baby this morning. As we're recording early this morning, Friday, October 16th. Um 7 pounds 11 ounces. I mean that's a just a good omen right there 711. Uh names right. names Chase Payne. So big shout out, big congratulations to Corey and Vanessa. Uh we wish you guys a happy and healthy uh early years with your baby and uh, and a happy life and uh cheers brother. Congrats. Cheers. The following presentation has been brought to you by HSF Productions. Hey guys, welcome back to IWP, the impromptu wrestling podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tally006. Over to my left, as always, is my brother Damien. How's it going this week? It's been a really good week. Uh, good uh, time last weekend back home and yeah. uh, back at her with work. But it's Friday and we're we're doing what we love to do. Talk about some wrestling Right. Well, uh, I mean, we've done this in the past. Before we get into the wrestling, I notice you got your Jets hat on. We got to talk some Jets. Because some news happened. Right. We recorded early last week, and some news happened on Friday. I think we need to mention it. Paul it. Stastny is back, baby. He's back as a Jet. He had his little time in, in Vegas. It didn't work out for him. He's back home. I'm so pumped. He lost it all. He, he bet it on on black. <laughs> he put it on black and it came up blue. What? No, I'm wondering how the uh, Jets fans are going to react to Mr. Stasny since uh, a lot of people were not happy he left in the first place. Well, that's true. But, I mean, I got I know some pretty diehard Jets fans here back in Dauphin, and uh, they're all pretty happy. Our dad especially. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's who you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was talking about Sticky. He's he's pretty pumped Stastny's back, too. New character. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to help out in the center position there. Uh, something we we really lacked these past couple years. Uh, Brian Little can't seem to play two games in a row without breaking his leg. So. He got hit in the face with a puck. Well, I mean, before it was Give a him leg. a break. <laughs> Give him a break, man. <laughs> Uh, what are your feelings about lo- about us possibly losing Line? Get rid of him. He's done. I'm done, I'm done with that guy. Yeah. I, I mean, he wants to play Fortnite. Fortnite's a dead game. You can ask anybody. Maybe if he jumps onto Warzone, maybe I'll cheer for him. No, no. Uh, in all honesty, uh, I really don't think he wants to be there. I think he thinks he's better than he's playing. He has the potential to be great. We've seen we've seen it, right? But uh he's he's just not doing it. And coming up on I'm not sure when his bridge deal is done. I think it's next year. Right? Does he have one I more year no in the bridge deal? I mean, he needs to play lights out if they don't trade him. 
And if he was trying to shop himself or raise his stock price at all, he did not do it last year. I mean, fair uh, argument is that we had a shortened year and it was kind of an odd year, but I mean, you know, we still played until March. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he that, had a good, uh, like November, December or something. Got yeah. like, yeah, he got like 19 power play goals or something. But yeah, so, I mean, other than that, it was nothing. You know? If he wants to play for us, I'm all for it, but he better play. But I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be sad if he, if they, if they deal him. I'll, I'll be upset if they, if they don't deal him and then he just leaves free agency next year or whenever it is. You know what I mean? Cause then that's a waste. Cause we could have got something for him. He's worth something. All right. That's our, uh, hockey take for, <laughs> for this week. Um, we're expanding the podcast. Yeah. We're expanding the podcast. Uh, we have a great show. It's going to be, a. am I'm, I'm hoping it's a quicker show because we don't have any breaking kayfabe, no scoop of vanilla. We're getting right into BTE going into AEW dark and the huge, Huge one-year dynamite anniversary. All four championships are on the line. I repeat, all four. There weren't five championships on the line. Fuck the FTW championship. Let's get right into being the elite. I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. That was just <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be odd if you didn't. <laughs> so uh, this is episode 225. Uh, I love you, dude. Um, this is the first title in a, in a couple weeks where I have no idea what's going on. Where, where, where are they going with this one? I was kind of, I mean, I guess it helped me get a little bit more intrigued in this episode, but, uh, after a few weeks in a row of kind of stinkers, this was, uh, this was a happy change. It wasn't the spectacular, uh, episode, um, that we've seen in the past or anything like that, but I mean, it was a good change of pace. Bits were funny. Um, we got to see some progression with the uh, BTE championship. Um, and we got some story progression with Hangman and the Bucks. So, I mean, overall for me, this was a, this was a really solid effort from the boys. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I don't know where this title comes from. I don't even remember these words being uttered in the episode at all. I could, I could be wrong. Yeah, I either. did have a few wobbly pops before I watched it, <laughs> but, um, champ reference. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that it was better. And I think for me, it was really production wise. Oh, good. Like call. the production of the show itself was really well done. Um, I want to say it was partly camera. I want to say it was partly, timing with the extra music and stuff they put in it like the the young buck stuff i thought was was awesome i'm 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 assuming that they were trying to kind of mimic some sort of show or movie okay so i thought of you when when those moments came up um you're talking about yeah, later the in the episode the part with uh alex uh no sorry justin roberts when he's going to get super kicked and Alex Marvez walks away and they right. play this music. I felt like that was probably from like a scene in a movie or something like that. Oh, I don't remember. But yeah, I just, I think the overall production of the show was good. And like you said, there was just better, there's better stuff in it. 
it, it, there was different, mm-hmm. like same but different, you know? Yeah. Uh, what uh, What did you like from this, though? Like, what was your favorite parts? I mean, I like the, like, the cold open. This is, I mean, we kind of buried the cold opens last week. But this cold open, I mean, we're starting off on all cylinders here. It was quick. It had a point. You know, we're flashbacking to uh, just before all all out 2019 where uh, Hangman's asking the Bucks to be his second. He wants them ringside like he like they've been for Kenny Omega for so many years and and they just kind of brush him off. You know, hey, we're pretty busy. We got to, you know, we're, we're taking care of uh, the go to position, as they call it in AEW. And, and they were too busy to to help the brother out. And this is really this is really the first brick to fall out of the wall for lack of a better analogy. Um, that is a good one that, uh, that this, this tension between the young bucks and, uh, and hangman actually start. Like, I really feel that this is where it kind of all begins. And, um, who says long-term storytelling can't work in today's wrestling business? Cause that's freaking amazing. Who would have thought it's been, like a year. It's, it's been over a year. I mean, we're talking yeah. August 29th or something like that uh, of 2019. And we're still working on this story. It's, 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 it's amazing stuff. So I really love the cold open. And then as we come out of the cold open, we get the Colt Cabana Nakazawa spot. And I'm thinking, all right, I mean, we're right back to where we started, but I mean, I, I don't even know if we can talk about this, uh, seen legally on YouTube or anything like that. I mean, I guess they put it on YouTube, but I mean, it it was just funny. It just, they put a twist on it. Kenny wasn't BTE Kenny at the beginning. He was, he was different. He was smooth. He was cool, but I guess that's the character he needed to pull to put off to kind of pull off this swerve. So I I freaking love this scene. This whole bit was freaking hilarious. I was just howling laughing. Yeah, and I and one of the best parts of this I felt was the screw up by Nakazawa because Nakazawa starts talking, right? And <laughs> Kenny's just like, uh, "Wow, your voice sounds weird with your mask on," and then folks are talking again. <laughs> Sorry, is that my phone that keeps going off? Yeah, I Let me think just so. shut this off. My bad, my bad, but. Uh, yeah, I know it, it was a much better bit than than it has been in the past. Right. Uh, with uh, the cold stuff. And then, yeah, for me, the only other thing that, that I really popped for was, you know, the beginning of this BTE tournament. And uh, we talked about it last week, how we weren't sure how they were going to kind of decide how this belt was going to be you know, divvied around and uh, we threw out some examples and uh, we weren't too far off as they decide to have a Gator Golf tournament. So I'm curious, what I'm curious is, is, is the whole tournament going to be Gator Golf? I mean, in this episode, we get to see Matt versus Nick and then we get to see Trent versus Chucky. They played Gator Golf. Are, are the other people, or I think we also get Silver. Like the first Children half, Reynolds. yeah. They played Gator Golf. Is the other side going to do something different, or is each I round going to be something I, different? I think they said it was a twelve-man Gator Golf tournament. Okay, okay. So all. So I, I'm only assuming that they're all in it. All right, so that makes sense then. 
So it's a Gator Golf tournament. Um, God, it, it made me pop just hearing the words Gator Golf because that was a toy from the early 90s, I feel like. Uh, seeing on, uh, I may have asked for it on uh, on a Christmas morning one one year and, and get, didn't get it, but got yeah, it. I, I like it. I like it. And it, and it I, I, did you like how Reynolds got it in the mouth, but it didn't pop the ball? Yeah, and then he ends up losing. Like, yeah, that's, that's just that's classic Reynolds to me. But <laughs> it's almost like it was work. Do you think that's a work? <laughs> Maybe that's a work. Maybe he perfected the uh, the the fake sink. So right. yeah, I know I just love the Gator Golf. All all three instances of it in this episode were were just really good. Um, I mean, Chucky choked hard too. He had the straight in shot and he just hoofed it out into the water there. <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. Well, how about uh, for you? What, what? I, I I thought my the part I popped for was Brody Lee. That whole segment where they're trying to think of uh, an idea to to cheer him up, and then he just comes in and he's just swearing at everybody. I I I mean he's done that bit before, but this week I don't know. There was just something about it. Like I was just laughing. Well, I I feel like it's coming from a different direction because we know from last week he just lost the TNT championship. So there's like an emotional backstory there in a way. I feel maybe that's why it comes off a little bit funnier in a way. Yeah, I mean, and no one laughs. Um, Yeah, that, that whole segment was really, really good, I thought. And, I mean, just before we go, we move on to the next... The next part here is uh, he kicks everybody out except for Silver, which I thought was really cool because Silver was the one who was out there. Silver's the one who took the chain shot. Cody throws him into the into the chair through the gate. Like Silver took Silver bled for Brody Lee, and I think Brody Lee is finally seeing Silver's worth maybe and. I just like, yeah, Brody did such a good job during that bit. And he's just like, get the fuck out of here. You get the fuck out of here. And then he's just like, Silver, you can stay. <laughs> how is how is Brody Lee not in movies? He's so good. <laughs> yeah. How? What did you think about when they were coming up with the ideas and Silver has his idea? What did that make you think of? I don't remember. So Silver's idea is that, you know, we should kiss his ass. Oh, yes. And yes. Like, like, do you think, Yes. are you saying that metaphorically? <laughs> and they're like, no, like, you know, we just, you know, pull his pants down and, you know, yeah. we kiss his ass. Like, what did that make you think of? Oh, that's totally McMahon. That's more McMahon evidence to me. That's the kiss your ass, cl- kiss my ass club from, from the Attitude Era. I totally forgot that happened, so... Sorry if I kind of buried your your bit there. Yeah, but, no, uh, that's okay. I just I wanted to confirm that I was seeing it the right way. Right. If and, you're seeing it that way, then oh, it's got to be sure. right. I mean, the the evidence from the very first time we saw Brody Lee and him eating the steak and uh, Reynolds sneezing and him getting mad at that, all the way to you know Silver referencing the Kiss Your Ass Club, like the exalted one, maybe not Brody Lee. But the exalted one is Vince McMahon and this whole past 
three months has been a shot at Vince. I feel like it just has to be. There's too much evidence. Yeah. Supporting it. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Um, before we move on to, uh, to, uh, AW dark, we should mention how, um, we really get story progression with the bucks and, and Hangman here. There's a, there's a, there's a spot in the middle of the episode where we physically see Hangman and Brandon Cutler both drunk out of their minds, fucking watermelons out the back of a pickup truck. And now if you remember or saw the official statement from Hangman's camp last week announcing his uh, entrance into the uh, AEW Championship Tournament, number one contendership tournament, he mentions... Well, I just spent a few hours throwing watermelons out of a pickup truck. So I like that they actually filmed that so that that kind of all made sense. Now it's not just a funny line in in, a, in an official memo. It, it, it's real kind of thing. So I, I really like that. This, again, leads to Cutler really getting on Hangman's case. Like, you got to make up with the Bucks. You got to make it up with the Bucks. And um, he's not having anything of it. He doesn't want anything to do with it goes as far as and this was a really subtle point that I almost missed if they didn't call back to it before so good on them for editing that in but hangman puts his phone in the in the smashed up pumpkin that he was wearing on his head and then that comes back to play later on in the episode when Brandon goes to the box and and pleads his case to them they finally cave they're going to take the next step they contact hangman and say hey Let's work this out. It's a conversation away. We miss you. We love you. Maybe that's where it came from. Did they that, actually? Oh, I'm, I might have missed that. Okay. I, I might have missed it too, but I just feel like that's something they said, but maybe that's where it came from. I love you, buddy. So right. the text goes to nobody, basically, because his phone is in a pumpkin and he's off on his next bottle of whiskey. Who knows where Hangman is at that point? But as the episode closes, we see a hand come down, pick up the phone, text back, and I, I believe it says, fuck off, Matt. Our friendship is over. Never speak to me again. And then we see the Young Bucks getting that. Matt shows Nick, and Nick's not too upset about it. So what do you think of where they're taking this story, and who do you think this mystery hand could be? That's That's really been bothering me all week. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you the same thing. And, and I think there's a chance that this is not Hangman. And, you know, this could even be Brandon Cutler being the puppet master. Who knows? I, I, I don't Dungeons really have... Dragon stuff, so that's possible. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it sounds like Brandon's also fighting for the Young Bucks' attention. Mm-hmm. You know, he was asking him to be... Right. To be there which I don't remember actually seeing them there. Uh, I think the first time he asked, they were in the crowd, but they weren't really paying attention to the match. And then we'll get to it uh, just this week on, on Dark. It pants to the crowd. You know, Brandon kind of looks during his entrance. It pants to the crowd, and there's just two <clears> empty <throat> chairs there. So, yeah, they, they totally ghosted him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think there's a good chance this is not Hangman, and uh, I like it. I, they're continuing the story, but there's a twist. 
I think it's definitely not Hangman. I really like your your Brandon Cutler theory. That is some bra big brain shit, right? That would be huge. Cause then, oh yeah, that's crazy. I I thought maybe if it, if it could be anybody else, maybe it's Kenny. That would that would be my next one. Yeah. Because he is kind of over Hangman. We've seen it uh, over the last month since um, since All Out. So I, I think it could be Kenny. That that, that would be yeah, my prediction. I, I think it could be Kenny. And when Hangman has to face Kenny right. in this tournament, the Young Bucks are going to have to make a choice. Right. And they're going to super kick Kenny. Kenny's out of the elite and Hangman's back in. That would What's the date? Write it down. Write it down. October 16th. It's October Chase 16th. Payne's birthday. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I never get anything right, so don't write it down. What are you talking about? You get everything right. All right. So, again, really, uh, really great, good episode from the boys of BTE this week after a few weeks of stinkers. Um, I, I can't wait to see more. Keep this up. This is entertaining stuff. I can't wait to see more of this Gator Golf. I like how each course was different, too. I didn't mention yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> All right, let's move on to AEW Dark. Uh, this was episode 56, uh, October 13th, 2020. This was, uh, I believe Excalibur said, a gigantic episode of Dark. He wasn't lying. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was going, I'm like, really 14 matches. Is this like the biggest dark we've ever had? I watched, I watched uh -huh. this in two times speed and it still took like an hour. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> um, all right. I'll, I'll go through each one of the matches and then uh, we can talk about it after. So in the first match, we had a fatal four way evil Uno, the blade, Frankie Gazarian and jungle boy and uh jungle boy coming out on top on that one. Um, really good match to, mm -hmm. to to start the episode. Match number two, we had Lee Johnson and Cesar Banani versus the Lunch Brothers. The Lunch <laughs> Brothers going over in that one. Love it. Match number three, Brandon Cutler versus Peter Avalon. This is match number two. And uh, a double DQ. Yeah, keeping on, it. On this one. Keeping it interesting. So, I like it. Yeah, we'll probably talk about that after. Uh, match number four, we're seeing Matt Seidel. Um, first time on Dark? Nope. Mm -hmm, nope. Okay. Uh, versus Sunny Kiss and uh, Matt Seidel going over in that one. Match number five, Aaron Solo and Angel Fashion and Mbadu versus Dark Orders 3, 4, and 10. Dark Order going over in that one. In match number six, Red Velvet wins over Ilana Black. In match number seven, Ricky Starks defeats Fuego del Sol. <laughs> in match number eight, the Gun Club continue their streak over Ryzen and Max Stardom. In match number nine, Darby Allen beats Nick Camorto. Kamoroto? Kamoroto? Kamor <laughs> That's a beast. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that. Um, in match number 10, Cocobana beats Griff Garrison. In match number 11, Nyla Rose beats Kylan King. Match number 12, Joey Janela beats D3. That's 
seems way too close to EC3. Yeah. But uh, yeah, D3. Match number 13, Elijah Dean goes up against Wardlow. Wardlow destroys him. And in the main event, Eddie Kingston versus Baron Black. And Eddie Kingston winning that one. Um, I didn't see this match. I don't know if he was wearing his Expos jersey, but I thought that was a nice touch on Dynamite. Uh, no, he wasn't. He was wearing his ring gear, his uh, black and yellow. Um, the Eddie Kingston match is really good, actually. Um, he, he plays a heel like nobody I've ever seen before. He's, I mean, I've said it before in the past. He, it's so real with him. Like, he really blurs the lines. His selling, his frustration when things aren't going his way earlier on in this match. It's just amazing. And I can't help but watch this guy's matches. I actually turned off the two times to actually watch this match. It was really well done. I think the most important thing coming out of this Eddie Kingston match is that he chokes out um, Baron Black with a with a front chancer. He just straight up guillotines him and and, and chokes him out. Um, he tapped instantly. So um, commentary Excalibur referencing that his obsession his um, obsession's a little strong, but I mean his infatuation with. Uh, the champion, John Moxley, and him not being tapped out, uh, still prominent in this storyline. And uh, I'm, I'm almost wondering if Lance Archer was the, all along, was kind of just the, the side project. Where we talked about, well, we got to see an Eddie Kingston match in between here somewhere, right? Which we did get. But in the grand <clears throat> scheme of things, the way things are going, maybe the Eddie Kingston story is not over and this Lance Archer fork is is getting ready to curve back in so yeah pretty amazing stuff i just think it's crazy how wwe wanted to bring him in as a coach right like this guy could be a main eventer and proving it you know he's got some skills in the ring i'm gonna give him that you like you said he can sell but he's gonna build up that that match Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I can't wait for Eddie to go up against Moxley again, Cody, all those top guys because I I think he can make a really good program. Yeah, for sure. Uh, were there any other matches that you wanted to to touch on during this episode of Dark? Um, well, quite honestly, I I didn't get to watch enough of this that that I wanted to. I thought the first match. Mm-hmm. was a really good match for uh, Fatal 4-Way. We, we had some guys that you probably wouldn't expect to see together. And and then we see Jungle Boy shine in this one, sure. and that's fantastic for him going into this uh, tournament that we're going to see coming up next week. Um, I also thought the Matt Seidel-Sunny Kiss match was really good. Fantastic. Um, and then the Peter Avalon one with uh, Brandon Cutler, I, I thought they did a good job of kind of doing the same thing they did the last time, but then doing it a little bit differently. And I like that Leva Bates was uh, more of a part of this one. And yeah. the commentary really sold how she was disgusted by, you know, these guys. So right. I don't know. I feel like these guys are going to end up getting back together. That's really? okay. the feeling I got. 
I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta admit Excalibur had me for, for a minute during this match on commentary because he kept referring to a 20 minute time limit. And if you guys remember my initial prediction from, you know, February was, is that they would finally wrestle and it would be a time limit draw, no winner. We got the double count out. I was close, but not close enough. And now, you know, I'm like, are they really like the episode was two hours long. They could have a 20 minute match in here and it really wouldn't affect anything. Yeah. That's so going to be next week's dark. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking is like the next time they do it. Cause how many, how many different ways can nobody win a match? So yeah, they totally swerved me. I, I thought I had this one in the bag, but uh, we get the double DQ. Um, I like the callback uh, where uh, color pulls out the, uh, polyhedral die and leva like gives him a stern look and he's like yeah you're right and gives it to her he's not going to do the dirty thing but then later he gets frustrated and grabs the book and he hit he hits pretty peter avalon with the book not knowing that uh peter had the had the die himself and, and we get the double dq it was an entertaining match and i like that this story is going to continue for a little bit longer anyways um I mean, the initiative, they'd just gotten that name. They got to get back together. I, I just feel like that's just a given. Yeah. I think these guys totally deserve a full gear match. And maybe it's a... Maybe it's a buy-in. Uh, maybe it's a buy-in match. But even so, I think they they deserve to end this at a pay-per-view. For sure. I agree. I, I feel like some of these matches... Uh, should have been on on dynamite but uh definitely if they're gonna pay this off and that's gonna be the end it's got to be on pay-per-view buy yeah, in because these guys are over these, these guys, guys are, are so over. over yeah yeah uh the only other um matchup i really wanted to talk about here was uh red velvet and uh elena black um this was a really solid match we put over red velvet uh in last week's episode when she comes to brandy's aid um I talked about how we've seen her in the ring and she's great. She's been doing a good job jobbing out. But here we get to see her shine a little bit. She sells a knee for a little while, but she does the big comeback. And uh, another jobber, uh, for lack of a better term, gets their first win. And, um, you know, big props to Red Velvet there. Uh, Brandy on commentary during this match. And um, just, I don't know reinforcing my belief that these two are going to be working together soon. I mean, it's just kind of painted on the walls here right now, but, uh, uh, Brandy was really good on commentary. I enjoyed her and how she talked about how she calls, how she calls red velvet, little brand brand, but red velvet doesn't like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she doesn't like being compared to the doll or whatever. So she's uh, going to yeah. call her a little cupcake, you know, red velvet cake, cupcake, Something I don't know. It was just it was just funny stuff. It was some funny banter on commentary between uh, Brandy Excalibur and Taz, and I'm looking forward to this teaming of of Brandy and Red Velvet. Like uh, we said last week, uh, Brandy works better with somebody to work off of, and uh, I think Velvet fits. Yeah. Do you feel like Red Velvet is kind of going the way of Will Hobbs? Maybe. Like. You know, Will Hobbs got his first win on Dark, and then, and then he was hashtag All Elite. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's yeah. what, what. I wouldn't we're be surprised if next week that's what we're 
that's what we're seeing. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, staying in the women's division, we get to see um, Nyla Rose versus Kylan King. We kind of saw this uh, spring up during that scuffle where uh, Anna Jay attacks Brandy. Red Velvet comes out to help. Uh, Kylan King was kind of part of that pull apart, and uh, Nyla Rose jumps her for like no apparent reason. So we get the payoff to that. It wasn't the yeah. most competitive match in the world, but I mean, Kylan King is still you know, performing her ass off, even getting beat up. Uh, can't say enough good things about Kylan. I hope she's next in line. Yeah. I didn't see this match, but I'm guessing it had to be better than the one we're going to talk about a little bit later. <laughs> Definitely better. It was half the length and twice as good. Uh, <laughs> let's get right into this week's power rankings. This is uh, the week of October 14th, 2020. What do we got? I know there's one change for sure from last week. Yeah, there is actually one change, and that change is that we have a new TNT champion and uh, two-time champion. First ever. Mr. Cody. Mr. Cody. Can I call him Mr. Cody? Eh, I mean, I'm if it's Mr. Brody. Um, Mr. Cody, Johnny, Mr. Brody. Johnny, <laughs> still our AEW champ. Lance Archer, the number one contender. Brian Cage following Lance Archer. MJF. Brody Lee falls all the way to position number four. And rounding up the top five is Scorpio Sky. In the women's division, there are no changes. Hikaru Shida still the champ. Nyla Rose still the number one contender. Followed by Big Swole, Penelope Ford, Abaddon, which... I hope she's still in the company. Haven't seen her in a while. And Britt Baker, who we will see next week. In the tag team division, FTR, still the champs. Best friends, the number one contenders, followed by the Young Bucks, Natural Nightmares, Butcher and the Blade, and Proud and Powerful. These guys got to move up. They got to push Power, Proud and Powerful. I want yeah. these guys getting their shot soon. Sure, especially after the performance in that parking lot. I know best friends won and everything like that, but, uh, did we talk about, uh, Meltzer giving that match five stars? No, I didn't hear that. Was that, is that for real? Is that legit? That's for real. Yeah. I, uh, geez, where did I hear it? Was it on the Cole Cabana podcast? I think. Maybe. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it deserves it. Um, I wonder if that's the first dynamite match to receive a five-star match. I know a few AEW matches have gotten their five stars already. Um, the ladder match, uh, at all out and, um, the tag team match bucks and, and hangman Kenny was right. probably five stars. So, um, it, it's amazing. That Lucha brother, that lunch brothers one probably too. That was insane. That's what I meant. The, the I, we got to call them the Lunch Brothers. They're now, the Lunch right? Brothers, like, yeah, for sure. They're totally the Lunch Brothers. Um, no, I think that's huge for Dynamite to to receive a, a five star match. Um, as plentiful as the stars are coming out of Meltzer's pocket when uh, when AEW and, and the Young Bucks are involved, especially, um, it still means something for a TV show, like a weekly TV show. I don't think Raw has ever had a five-star match. I don't think SmackDown has ever had a five-star match. Uh, usually, weekly shows are like, you know, 
cut off at 4.25 maybe. I like I don't know the actual but uh that's huge and it, I I mean I feel like it deserved it. Absolutely. Yeah, I back it 100%. Awesome. All right. Well, uh that was this week's power rankings. Um let's get right into this week's Wednesday night dynamite. Um this is this is, this a, is huge, a pay-per-view. This was a pay-per-view. Um we are celebrating one year, two weeks late of Dynamite. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they didn't hold back here. It was awesome. Just as soon as the show started, man, the fireworks just seemed like they were amped up a little bit. Then this nice glass display that the camera panned out to show, uh, you know, the limited crowd and stuff like that. Like, as soon as the show started, man, I was pumped. I was ready to go. And uh, as I got up on the screen for our YouTube viewers out, um, out there, all championships are on the line. All real championships are on the line. We got the TNT championship, Orange Cassidy versus Cody. We have the tag team championship, uh, Best Friends versus FTR, Women's Championship, uh, Big Swole versus Hikaru Shida, and, of course, the AEW championship, uh, Lance Archer going up against John Moxley. So, I mean, a huge card. We also got, uh, we also found out earlier in the day that Miro and Kip Sabian would be in action. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's just huge. And then we have this announcement from MJF uh, coming off of last week's Jericho 30 show. So, I mean, just a stacked card. And why don't we get right into it? Because that's what Dynamite does is right into the action. We start off with the uh, AEW Tag Team Championship match. FTR versus Best Friends. It's not a brush with greatness. It is a 60-minute time limit match. Um, if this went 60 minutes, I would have sold all my worldly possessions. Because <laughs> there's just no chance. Right. Um, I shouldn't say but they that. did go quite a while, though. They did go. Like, that they, was a good 20-minute match. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this. Uh, this was an awesome match. Um, I was actually listen, listening back to last week's episode earlier today, and I'm like, man, why am I burying FTR so bad? Like, I know TH2 was great in, in that match last week, but I, like, really buried FTR. And I don't know if, if Cash and Dax are listening to the show, but they freaking brought it this week. They To me, they're the ones who shot, who shot in, in this match. They, they freaking killed it in this match. Uh, FTR just... Awesome. Yeah, I you know I don't know that we are necessarily burying them. We expect a lot for them because we we thought they were the best thing going in WWE or vanilla brand as we like to call them here. They just they haven't had that sparkle that shine. But like, don't get us wrong. Like FTR is still legit mm-hmm, for sure. it just yeah and sometimes they're being maybe outshot outshone that's O'Shawn? a weird word how do, how do you pass yeah. and shine find outshine they are outshined that's a that's a chris cornell song that's soundgarden it's got to be outshined yeah right. <laughs> so but, yeah um, they so yeah i i think they've been doing good i just i i just wanted i wanted to see this match yeah for sure and we're finally there, just like Brody Lee took a little bit while. Um, we're there now, and I'm expecting all their matches to be like that. Yeah, hopefully so. The way the way things are building with FTR, 
and the momentum that they have, they got to keep this up because it's only going to take one kind of stinker of a match to, to kind of bring their momentum to a halt. But uh, it's okay to build slow, but when you're already at the top and, and you kind of hit a brick wall, that that's devastating. So I, I, needless to say, yeah, I'm so glad that we got to see this match. It was probably match of the night for me. This was really well done. Um, had everything. Didn't have yeah. it had everything except for what it really needed uh, in a Sean Spears interrupt of some sort. So, right, it was still great. Yeah, like I mean, there wasn't any huge spots. It was just a good, real good tag team match. I like that Tully wasn't really a lot involved, and um, I I like the whole throwing wheeler into the arcade game and i don't like it i i I like the result of it but i don't know i thought it was kind of goofy that they were out there with an arcade machine to begin with i don't know what are your thoughts on this whole arcade game bit well i mean they needed to do a better job of making it look like it actually turns on and works Cause when that box crumbled, I mean, it was clearly just a couple of pieces of two by four glued very haphazardly together. Um, Kip Sabian's controller didn't even have a connector at the end. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was just cheap, yeah. but um, I mean, I guess it, it helps that dynamic in the match that they were looking for to where, you know, FTR is trying to cheat. Tully is, is swiping at a leg to to distract. I think he tried to pull down Chucky. You know, so they, they needed they needed something dirty, right? To help get them over. Cause everything up till then wasn't working. Their their kind of antics weren't working. Best friends were kind of on top of things. So Yeah, I don't know. It it I don't think it needed to happen, but I'm not upset that it did. I just wish that machine looked a bit better. That's all. Yeah. But I mean, um this is a this is a a launching uh like a launching pad for best friends to get into their next feud, uh being Kip Sabian and Miro, as we'll as we'll talk about a little bit later. Um mm-hmm. but uh yeah, this oh, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't mind this. Uh, one of the biggest spots that I can remember from this one is uh, I can't remember who did it, but Chucky takes a shot to the head with one of the tag team belts. Oh, and yes. this is an unprotected shot. Right. Like it was Stivsky. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about that? Um, I mean, much like the unprotected chair shot of Sean Spears on Cody. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. And, and they felt like maybe this was the, this was the chance. I mean, it looked great. Yeah. He sold that hard. I mean, I don't know how much selling you really need to do. when you take a stiff belt shot to the, to the forehead with the, no hand up or anything like that. It can't feel great. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I like it. Uh, yeah. I want to see them take more chances like that. I don't, I don't want to see 
the chair shots, like full swing chair shots. But I like how, you know, their, their kendo stick shots have been stiff. You know, the tables are, are stiff, I feel like. Uh, and then this belt shot was stiff. And uh, I think we get another really stiff belt shot in that in that championship match later on in the night, too. So, yeah, I'm fine yeah. with it. I'm fine with that. That reminds me, you know, stiff shots. Uh, do we have any update on this clown from last week? Is I, Has he been upgraded from stable condition? <laughs> I've not heard the condition <laughs> on... Uh, Clonical the La Clown or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, if anybody knows, let us know. Put in the comments. I mean he watches he listens to the show, right? So I mean just just send us an anchor message, voice message, let us know you're okay. Send me a thumbs up on Twitter or anything. We need to know We're you're worried okay. about you, bud. <laughs> Worry about you. Um but yeah, great match from FTR. Um so we have the arcade spot. There's a moment where the cameras go back and Kip tells Penelope, go get him. Who else is she going to go get but Miro? FTR, they pull out the win. Um, all is all is right in the tag team world. Uh, Miro comes out and absolutely destroys the best friends. They were the only ones left there. They were trying to soak in the defeat, kind of have their moment with the fans, but Miro interrupts and, and totally takes them out, absolutely ravages them. And then we cut to commercial, and uh, as we come back, I like, it, it, it seemed, this match was announced earlier in the day, but they made it seem like this was impromptu in a way. Like, just the way the commentary are like, well, we're having a match here, and it, it just, I don't know, something seemed a little off there, but I, I knew this match was happening. Uh, at least I knew these guys were going to be in action. But anyways... Yeah, we, we knew it from last week that they were going to be in action. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. So it was just it yeah. was just odd coming out of commercial. It's like they forgot kind of what was going on. But we're going to get Kip Sabian, we're going to get Miro in action. They're going up against Sean Maluda and Lee Johnson. Um... Lee Johnson's tagging with everybody off dark. He's had more tag team partners than Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What'd you think of he's this the, one? He's the salute of AC. Yeah. Of he, yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't loving this match, but it it would it's better we're getting better my thoughts exactly i mean we're we're referring to uh miro's debut match and how just botchy it was it just didn't come off right something seemed off timing was all off the match sucked this match it wasn't great it was somewhat of a squash match it was kind of almost the opposite of that debut match where kip kept teasing the tag to miro this was kind of the opposite. When when Miro got in, like he's enraged right now. He's seeing red. He kind of wasn't tagging Kip Sabian back in at times. Right. It seemed like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it wasn't a great match. Maybe that's because of their opponents being, uh, you know, jobbers. Um, it was kind of a squash match. It was quick. Um, but it definitely was better. Everybody seemed to be at least in sync and everything flowed better. Compared to that last match, it was it was smooth as butter. But we're getting there. Miro's getting the hang of what, this. What do you think about uh, Miro kind of 
he kind of seems to be doing his Rusev deal. Um, yeah. Do you so, like that, or do you feel like maybe he should have did a somewhat of a different character change here? Well, it, what he's doing now is what I feel Rusev should have been. You know, like like th- this is Rusev, but vanilla Rusev was held back. I feel where this is a more of an uncaged unhinged type of Rusev character. And I noticed he was doing, um, they were showing some highlights or, or, you know, images of when he showed up and he was doing this. And like, we haven't seen that from Rusev since like, even before like Lana was still speaking with a Russian accent. The last time we saw that, you know what I mean? So I think this, I think what we're seeing with Mira right now is what, he, his vision of Rusev was supposed to be. And he's just kind of throwing in this best man kind of gamer gimmick on top of it. But like when he snaps, yeah, it, it's a different, it's a different level. Yeah. Would you like to see him try something completely different, which is what we kind of almost thought we were going to get where he was kind of soft spoken and he's chilly and he's buddy and, and, uh, you know, he's there to have a good time and put a put on a good time for his best buddy there. But there's this other side to him. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm liking it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, we when we first saw him and he's got, you know, the was it Gucci he was wearing? Yeah, his, yeah. You know, the gold watch and all that. Like I think if he would have went more of a like a Playboy type character. I think it would have been good, but you know, when he's Comes not up. talking English and he's doing the, yeah. the Hulk up, it, it, yeah, just reminded me of, of vanilla brand. And I mean, you, you got to give the guy days. a little bit of credit, right? Like he didn't get an opportunity and you know, maybe that's, he just wants to finish that. Right. So yeah, I get it. Um, after this match, we get uh, a promo. And again, Kip kind of starts this promo. He grabs the mic and he's talking about how upset he is with the, his controller getting smashed. He's in the middle of a sentence and Miro, excuse me, grabs the microphone out of his hand and, and he cuts his own promo. He's speaking, um, I don't know what they speak in Bulgaria, if it's Russian or, or what, but uh, he's speaking a different language and uh, I, I like that. You know, this is something that I that I've I've said in the past that the Japanese girls need to start doing. Just do your promos in in Japanese. We can do subtitles. You know, at least we can sense your emotions behind it. Do you know what I mean? A little bit better than yeah. your broken English. So I like that he's speaking this other language. It's making his character look even freaking more nuts. And then I, I don't know. I the first time he said "game over" or when we heard that that's what the uh, his finisher move was going to be called, and I'm like, that's kind of cheesy. But the way he's he's turned this into a catchphrase, I really like. And yeah. you know, so he's calling out the best friends, or as he says, the good friends, which again I like. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's just good friends. Game over, and he's like super serious. <laughs> he's right in the camera. I love I love the promo from Miro here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that ending part was really, really good. I liked it. Yeah, it was. If he would have just did that after beating the shit out of the best friends, we didn't even need that match. We could have just moved on. We could have had more time with Cody and Orange, maybe. But it was great. It it, it was a it was an awesome way to end off that segment for sure. Um, as we come back from commercial break, I, or as we're leaving for commercial break, um, Lance Archer just absolutely beating the shit out of Moxley in the back. And again, like I mentioned before, I was listening to last week's episode today and, um, and I'm like, I'm confused about like that match in Tokyo was, was a Texas death match and it was just crazy. And we feel like this one needs to be even nastier. And how are they going to do that in the confines of a professional wrestling match? And then we get to see this and I'm like, this match is no DQ. It's it's common. And sure enough, later on in the show, we do get that official announcement that the championship match tonight will be DQ. We'll get into that later. But uh, what do you think of this tactic that Archer comes after Moxley in the back? Do you think it's part of the story or is this just a device to get the match no DQ for AEW? Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's twofold here. I, I think it, it had to be more brutal than the first one. And that's what I said last week. Like we can't just have a regular match here after them commenting on their meeting in new Japan. And, uh, we said last week that, you know, they don't need a lot of time to do this. They, 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 they can do it like right before the match. And what we also get with this is, like after this moment, like I'm really pumped for this main event because it's it's getting even more nastier with the with the attacks at the back. So, um, yeah, no, I I really liked it. I I it, it had to be this way. It would be goofy if it wasn't. So good on whoever's decision it was. Yeah, for sure. To make this a, a no DQ match. I like that uh, this this just perfectly ties into Archer's character because if it wasn't if he wasn't attacking Moxley, he was attacking you know a security guy or Lee Johnson bringing him out to the ring. Like this has been his character to kind of show off before the match starts, right? So yeah, yeah I, I think it totally. Fits. What do you think about the uh, the Lemmy facial hair? <laughs> from him or jake because <laughs> they they were both kind of rocking it no okay. I, I i like it i like it yeah i made it i i feel like it made him look more badass with that i, I like that uh the first foot foot and a half of his hair is blonde and then it goes into the red where before it was kind of all red yeah he's just making himself look even psychoer i would love yeah. to see what that looks like unbraided like what is he doing nine o'clock in the morning? Like what, what's his hair doing? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a good spot. Um, as we come back from commercial break, I, I believe is, is that is, uh, when we get to see the actual bracket, it's filled out. We get to see the last two entrants into this, uh, world tighter world title eliminator tournament as they're calling it. Um, so we knew Ray Phoenix, we knew Kenny Omega and we knew jungle boy. Then we get to know Colt Cabana, Wardlow and hangman. The last two pieces of the puzzle look to be, uh, Pento Penta and, uh, Joey Janela. And, uh, we see what the matchups are going to be. We, we have Penta versus Ray in the first, in the first, uh, in the first round. That's huge. 
uh, Omega versus Janela, Colt Cabana versus Hangman, and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. What, what matchups in this first round are you looking forward to seeing? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Uh, it's not how I would have drawn it up, but I I think it's going to be good. I, I think the if I needed to predict a match that is going to blow away this first round, it's going to be it's going to be the Lunch Brothers, man. Sure. That that is going to be a good match. And I don't know, we we probably have to search some YouTube to see if these guys have fought before. Oh, they do. But uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, second on my list would probably be. Kenny Joey, like, because it's Kenny, right. and and Joey can just do anything. Um, yeah, the the one maybe I'm less looking forward to is maybe Cole Cabana Hangman. I'm not sure how that one's gonna play out. Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be comical or is it gonna be dark orderish? I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, what do you think about the bracket? Um, I think this bracket's good. If I were to switch anything, I probably would have went Colt Cabana versus Kenny and then Hangman versus Joey just because they have history and right. then to get those out of the way. Um, but I mean, yeah, match match of the tournament is going to be this first round tournament Penta versus Phoenix. That's going to be off the rails. Um, Bold prediction, they have a really good shot of stealing this show. Uh, you know, whatever episode, if it's next week when the tournament starts or if it's, uh, you know, the week after. But uh, these guys are stealing this tournament. Like, when the, when the tournament's all said and done and, and uh, you know, Kenny's got his title shot. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. We're still going to be talking about Penta versus Phoenix, but um yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know what? But let's talk second round. Because I feel like Ray's wins this. I do too. And then it's Ray and Kenny. Yeah, that's going to be And then insane. that's going to be epic as well. I didn't think of that. Even though those are like that's exactly who I would have picked too. But yeah, that yeah. match will be insane. Um, uh, do you Hank, think Jungle Boy has a uh, an upset here in his? Uh, um, I mean, yeah. if you would have asked me earlier in the week, I probably would have said no. But I mean, they just gave him a big win in a fatal four way. You know, there's a chance there. There's a way to do it. You know, especially if like MJF's out there, he could be really distracting for Wardlow. Um. I think I think you got to give it to Wardlow though. Um he's billed as this beast. He's MJF's protector, security guard, bodyguard, whatever you want to call it. He plows through everybody on dark. He gets one dynamite match against Cody and loses. Right rightfully so. And then we don't see him on dynamite again for God, when was that? That was the lead up to Revolution. It's been like 10 months since we've seen Wardlow in a match on Dynamite. And then he's going to lose to Jungle Boy? You yeah. know what I mean? So I think I think Wardlow wins this. I think it's going to be Wardlow Hangman. And Hangman's going to have to go through hell and back to win that match against Wardlow. 
And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to see Hangman Kenny in the finals. That's my bracket. Yeah. What about you for the second half? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think the only way Wardlow can lose is if they, if this story with MJF and Inner Circle, which we'll talk about in right. a bit, right. is going to go that way, this could be a way to break away Wardlow, yeah. which is kind of been teased, right? Yeah, it has. Good point. So maybe MJF costs him the match, and then, and then at some point we see MJF Wardlow, because I would like to see that. Oh. I'm all about the groups breaking up. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I've I've been kind of that guy who's like, we need factions back in wrestling. the The faction era of the late '90s was just so awesome. With with how many people are on rosters these days, how are you not having like ten man groups out there just running amok? Like, I just feel like it works. But then I'm also the guy who's like, nah, let's let's turn, let's turn on them. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward well, to these. What, that's what creates a drama. For sure. Right? You got to have turns for the drama. So, um, yeah, so it sounds like we have all the predictions. Are, are you taking Hangman over Wardlow, too, in the second round, or what? What's your official prediction there? Or do you think it'll be a Jungle Boy upset with an MJF? I don't know how they can do this where it's not Kenny and Hangman. Right? <laughs> no, it has to be. Yeah. So Well, yeah, no, I, I shouldn't say that because I, I did have I did give them a note a couple of weeks ago when this was the announcement all started. The only way that you don't have Kenny Hangman in the finals is if Kenny interrupts in Hangman's conference final. You know what I mean? Right. Because he doesn't want to face Hangman. That's yeah. That's the only way out. But Kenny's but, in the final. And, and I would, and I would believe that's a possibility if Wardlow and Jungle Boy and the Lunch Brothers were switched. Because you if still have to have the, a main event. You still have to have somebody in that final, right? So if it's not right. Hangman, who is it? I don't know. None yeah, of those and, guys on the right-hand side of the bracket makes sense. And, and if Kenny interrupts Hangman's opposite end and allows Wardlow to win, like that doesn't make sense. Why would you want to wrestle the Beast Wardlow instead of Hangman? So, yeah, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I mean, Kenny and Jungle Boy would unless, be an entertaining match, but yeah, it's not main event. Unless it's Cole Cabana. And then they really push this Dark Order stuff. But I think that's a stretch. So, I mean, we're looking for a new co-host of IWP. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cole you Cabana. You got to add it to the free press or Cole what? Cole Cabana cannot win this tournament, like. He's not even getting... No, not win the tournament. I just mean be in the final. If he's it's not, not Hangman. It's not... He's not getting past Hangman. Yeah. Let's be real. It's just possibilities. That's, no. that's all we're talking about. All right. Come let's, on. Let's, let's move my job. on. Let's move on. So this is the big announcement segment uh, that we were teased last week with MJF. Um, 
He's gifted inner circle with the jackets. He, he begged and pleaded for Jericho to be out here for his big announcement. Um, you know what? I got to say, he never really did give us an announcement, but he basically begs and pleads. Um, I like how he has trouble spitting it out. He's like, come on, come on, MJ. You, you can do this. You know, he's here, you know, but essentially he asks, he breaks down and asks to be in the inner circle. And I mean, they, we talked about how they teased this back in November or December. Like this was ages ago where we first got that tease. Um, this is finally coming around. Um, and I like how, I like how it's Ortiz that grabs the microphone and tells them to bug off and we don't want you in inner circle. You're not part of us. And Jericho, well, hold on. So now it's not just Sammy. It's kind of everybody. And it really changes the dynamic of this situation for me because I really felt that this was Sammy's exit out of inner circle. But maybe this is Jericho's exit out of inner circle. It, it's much more... You bring that up. It, it's much more compelling when the group gets rid of the leader instead of the leader getting or even just a part of the group going off on his own. So, you know, the, what this segment does is creates many different forks on the road that we can go to, which creates the options. It keeps the options open. I, I love it. Like, I think this wasn't the most entertaining bit. MJF kind of went long on his things. He could have tightened it up a bit. You know, it was a rare miss for, for someone who's as good on the mic as MJF is. But I love this segment because of the options it creates. Like, it's all out in the open now where this is going. What were your thoughts on the segment? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we, we should let our viewers know that this is uh, one of the rare times where we didn't watch the show together. True. Um. But, uh, you know, we are brothers, so we think alike. <laughs> and uh, I totally thought this too. I, I just have this feeling like this could be, this could be a MJF takeover and Jericho could be the one that's out. Um, now I haven't heard of Jericho needing to not be at right. the shows for some sort of reason. So, you know, Maybe there's some sort of a uh, dancing with the stars reunion or something like that. And well, and, and he's a part of it. So <laughs> are you going to tell me something now? No, I was just, I was just going to say, I'm like Fozzie was supposed to tour this summer. So, oh, okay. They're just waiting for the green light and like Fozzie's going on tour. I haven't heard that that's happening anytime soon. I mean, it seems like, for every week that North America in itself gets ahead of this COVID thing, the next week it goes to shit again. So I don't see, I don't see Jericho leaving for Fozzie in any time soon, but yeah, maybe he does have dancing with the stars, all stars, the second coming revenge is a bitch. I don't know what they would call it, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I and I I can't even explain to you why I have that feeling. But uh, I thought the same thing. This this might not be a Sammy thing. This might be uh this might be a Jericho thing. And like you say, there's just so many possibilities here. And um, now I'm thinking it could be really anybody. Yeah, it could you be. Know, could be Jake. Break up power, proud and powerful. I I wouldn't want that. But at least you're making big moves, and it's good story. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So this was a great segment. Um, maybe not executed as well as it could have been, but I mean, like I said, it opens up the possibilities anywhere. So in conclusion to this segment, what we're getting is, um, <laughs> I guess I, we we need to talk about how this all went down. So MJF asks to be an inner circle Ortiz says get the hell out of here Jericho says hold on a minute and then Jericho's attitude changes and I love how Jericho pulls this off and I think Jericho's the only one who could pull this off but it really seems like he's annoyed with MJF and MJF's reactions to all this is is perfect too just sells the moment and this is this is classic 1980s promo, you know, wrestling challenges. Like anytime, you know, Hulk's in the ring and the way he would talk to his opponents and and stuff like that. Like that's what Jericho was doing. And he's selling it to us that he doesn't want to be friends. He doesn't want MJF in the inner circle at all. He's going to challenge him for a match. But instead of saying... Next week, me and you in the ring, he says, next week, me and you steak dinner at a restaurant. What do you say? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, and then, yeah, that, that then we see that, you know, the, that's where all the possibilities are. Because Jericho could very easily cut the whole story short. These are my crew and you're not part of it. And, and you know, we're going to town. Very like that's totally what vanilla would have did. I, I could guarantee you. But this this is what creates the possibilities and, and all the forks and the roads, and we don't know where they're going. So next week, Jericho and MJF's Le Dinner Debonair. Oh right. Yeah, they that's what they call it, eh? Yeah, they're 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 going out for a steak dinner <laughs> tomorrow, and I'm assuming it's gonna be filmed, so who knows what that's gonna be, uh how that's going to work. Do you think this is coming off well with the Americans? The, the, the whole sort of French, French talk stuff. No, I'm, I'm sure they're hating it, but they get, <laughs> they get speaking Spanglish on uh, BTE. So they're all taken care of. Right. <laughs> um, I don't think it's really worth talking about, but Britt Baker did have a segment after this. Um, her and Tony are at the spa and we get another, uh, rule of being a role model. Uh, this segment was just kind of, I was just like, oh, we're going back to this? All right. You know what I mean? I feel like Brits moved past this. It was unfortunate she got injured and she kind of almost had to set this aside. Um, But, I mean, that's just what it was. It was set aside. What were your thoughts on this uh, quick little segment from Brit and Tony? I mean, I, I really like this rule, uh, be the baddest bitch on the block. True. But the segment didn't 
she was at a spa and then they were all friends after. Like yeah. it, it would have been better if she would have kicked Tony off the table or, you know, poured hot wax on his face or something like that. So <sighs> there's just, it was like no follow through. Yeah. It, it was a good plan. Just no follow through. I, I didn't need to see Tony getting his chest waxed. That's just not, I no. You wouldn't do it? I'd do it. Oh, okay. I just don't want to see Tony getting into it. Right. Mind you, we have a similar mark. So. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. Next week, uh, <laughs> Tally 006. I could probably get his that, no. chest waxed. Um, let's move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We get right into the uh, TNT Championship match. The newly crowned two-time TNT champion, Cody. Two-time. Oh, do we owe Doc money now? Shit. Oh. There's only one two-time. Going up against Orange Cassidy. I can't afford this podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) You got got a Patreon account yet? I got more Monopoly money in the back. Um, going up against Orange Cassidy, this was a really solid match. I really enjoyed this. I loved the little bit of buildup that we had with this. Cody on uh, row two was talking about how Orange Cassidy's never done a collar, uh, a collar elbow tie up. He's never done it in his whole career. I'm going to make him do it. Which, if you guys didn't see, if you didn't hear Cody say that, then the beginning of this match looks really awkward and really weird. And you almost lose out on that pop when the collar elbow tie-up actually does happen. Because, man, did I pop. I popped hard. I'm an Orange Cassidy mark. I'm a Cody mark. I loved this match. It was great. Yeah, I didn't see Road 2, but I feel like the commentary did enough to true make you go, oh, yeah, right, he's a sloth, right? So this is not something he normally does but um yeah i can see how watching the road two would have uh, really helped with that beginning part yeah for sure um what did you think of this match <sighs> you, you know i love cody you know i love cody but i don't know i i just couldn't get into this one i i don't know what it was maybe i just maybe i didn't get the story it was good, but it wasn't like it wasn't Cody good. Okay, maybe I need to watch it again. I don't know. I mean, I just you got two really solid wrestlers, and and they put on a wrestling match. Like this is still to me what this match does is it lets it's Orange Cassidy's ease out of the sloth because we're really getting to see we're really getting to see what kind of a performer he is. And I mean, we've always seen how athletic he is. I mean, it, not everybody in the world can do a kip up with their hands in their pocket. That's insanity. Not everybody can do a tope suicida with their hands on their pockets while wearing sunglasses and then still have the sunglasses on. You know what I mean? So it was a different display of athleticism, but you know, we're talking about weekly network television now. The sloth gimmick's funny, and and it's great, and it works, and it's over, but you know that's not TV ratings. If 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 I saw a year of that stuff, I would probably get 
kind of bored of it too. So I think that's where they're kind of going. He can still do the gimmick. He can still be, you know, the cool, smooth, suave character. But, you know, when, when the time comes, this guy can wrestle. And I think that's what he's showing off here. Um, as a wrestling match, it was good. I thought the, I thought the psychology, there wasn't real, no story. So I understand what you're saying there, but the psychology of it was good. Um, as much as this was orange Cassidy showing off that he can wrestle, this was Cody and Arn button heads. We're getting back to that. And these two were kind of not working on the same page per se. So. The, 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 and you know, Cody didn't bleed, so maybe that's what I'm missing too. <laughs> Good point. It's a hard match to understand for me when Cody's not yeah. full of blood. Good point. Um, one of the other big moments of this match is uh, John Silver coming out. Uh, well, there's a Dark Order distraction, and Silver comes out and grabs the belt off the uh, the timekeeper's table, and he's gonna hit Cody with it. Orange Cassidy rolls out of the ring and grabs it. Um. Saves him playing the good guy, you know, true baby face. That's not how I'm going to win this, this title. Um, but then there's a moment where he's thinking about maybe, well, maybe I should hit him. You know, no one's looking. I can, I can do this. You know, there's that moment too. So I thought all of that was just really well done. Um, we've had kind of similar situations in AEW before and they've, they felt clunky and, and, and uh, they almost disrupt the, the pace of the match. But I, I think everybody pulled this one off really well. Yeah, you could see it from a mile away, though. Uh, I did notice that Dark Order was in the crowd there on the side. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, this uh, seems like something's going to go down. Um, I love Anna Jay's reaction or partly non-reaction to being thrown out of the match. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> if, you look, if you look really closely at her, it's like she almost doesn't know how to react. And then she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should be mad about this. And um, well, she yeah. looks over and sees how over the top John Silver reacted to it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be reacting. Here. But <laughs> right. she does kind of play that character right now where she's almost robotic in, in a way. So it, it does work at the same time. But. Yeah, I thought this was great. Uh, Darby Allen in the crowd for this whole match. They kept showing him on the camera. It was announced during this match that Darby Allen has a TNT championship match set for full gear, whoever the champion may be at that time. Uh, I'm assuming Cody is going to be doing open challenges in the lead up to, to full gear. Um, so they kind of had to put that out there that whoever the champion may be, Darby Allen's in line. So... That's really good. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Cody what do you wins. think about the ending of this match? Um, you know what? I can't even remember how this ended. Uh, figure four. So, so we're hearing the uh, the call out for the the time. Oh, that's uh, right. It starts getting a little bit rushed, right? And you're seeing a, like a lot of moves, and they're yes. trying to get it there. I think I think you're right. I think there was a figure four in there at some point, and we need to start recording this podcast Wednesday night because I, I just forget the littlest details of the show sometimes. But that's a huge thing is is it was the time was winding down. It was getting short. And um, I mean, you seem to know more about it. So so keep going. Yeah, like uh, we had a crossroads. Uh, I don't know if we got the orange punch in there, but we you know, we kind of got the breaker. 
the yeah the breach breaker and uh you're almost thinking here that orange cassidy is going to pull out the win in the the last seconds and then uh time elapses and cody retains so he squeaks by this one which uh is an important point to make because we find out some uh we get an announcement later on in the show about this we do again i'm blocked what Hey, uh, just to let you know, Dynamite is a two-hour show, so uh, don't switch off the channel. Don't switch off the TV after an hour. It's two hours. Um, Yeah, so what I really liked about that ending is that Orange Cassidy gets the visual win here because he hits the beach breaker and he rolls up. He does the little go-around and gets the, the roll-up uh, small package. Time does elapse before the second. Very similar to Cody's match with Darby, except for Cody had the win. He was on top. Darby survives because of the time kind of thing. So this was done a little bit differently where Orange Cassidy has the visual win over Cody here, but yeah, he scrapes by, gets the title. And you'll have to remind me when this announcement comes, because seriously, I (laughs) (laughs) But let's move on. Um, We had another... We get right into the segment heavy spot of the um, of the show. Uh, in this one, Alex Marvez is in the back with Jake and and Lance Archer, and I don't even think Lance Archer got two words out of his mouth, or Jake getting two words out of his mouth. Moxley comes flying into the screen. He's getting payback. Um, not the greatest pull apart. I don't, I don't think they had the right guys. Uh, Moxley was over animated. Lance was not so animated and he only had like one guy holding him back. I feel like Lance should have been the over animated one and, and had five guys holding him back. You know, they, they just kind of messed that up a little bit, but uh, again, just building that up. And uh, I think it was at this point is where we get to find out that this match is going to be no DQ. Would you think yeah. of the Moxley retribution? Ooh, um, yeah, I think it, I think it needed to happen. I think you're probably right that there wasn't enough people involved here or or whatnot. Um, Lance does knock the crap out of someone here, and I thought oh. that like I need to go back and watch it because it seemed like you could hear it on on uh, on the the mic that like this guy got hit and he fell down. It, it almost seemed like it was not a sell like it's like yeah. he wasn't expecting it and and just got blown out of the water. Uh, I believe. I'm, I believe that's the one security guard who was in the Wardlow video. I think that's who he hits there. And if okay. you listen, if you listen closely, Lance gets Lance says, "Get out of my face, Austin." <laughs> so the guy's name must be Austin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, he decks him like it's that straight forearm to the side of the head, and yeah, Austin yeah. drops like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, it was good. Uh, from here, we get into um, a ringside interview. Matt Hardy's there with the family. Uh, Sir Maximilian is there and, 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 and everything. Or King Max, I forget what he calls him. But uh, the whole family's there. Uh, Rebby's there. And uh, Matt announces that he's fully healthy. Uh, he's feeling great. And he can't wait to get back in action um, you know, in the upcoming weeks. And then we get a video package comes up on the screen as, as everybody's attention is drawn to the screen. And, uh, I got, man, I loved how they filmed this. I mean, it was obvious who it was, you know, 
at certain points they were just flash they were basically flashing the name on the screen but they did try to do this kind of hooded reveal and and it was sammy all along and uh he's the one he admits to uh attacking matt uh matt's knee uh in that backstage altercation uh from uh, about a month ago um it was sammy all along and sammy says this feud is nowhere near done and I love how they just cut in Matt's for every quote that Sammy says, they cut in Matt Hardy's like anticip like uh, I I don't know what the word is, but the uh the re- the the recip- I can't I can't think of words right now. The opposite. He says the opposite of what Sammy's saying and and it all worked together. It was really well done. I need to yeah. read a thesaurus. Um <laughs> what did you think of the Sammy reveal as the mystery? Yeah, like I did not expect it, but it like after you see it, it totally makes sense. Um, I'm not sure if you were watching this uh, online, but like the entire internet went down as soon as the hooded figure came up. uh, Everyone uh, was talking about how they thought this was CM Punk and um, yeah, it didn't turn out to be what? (laughs) <laughs> what? It's a guy with a with a jacket with a hood. Like how could that so. not be CM Punk? I mean the I'm internet the uh, internet was surprised that they mentioned New Japan last week, so it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a hacker. Oh no. Yeah. Um anyways. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, the internet didn't break. Uh, I don't know if anybody <laughs> thought this was CM Punk, but I wouldn't be shocked if people did think this was for a second CM Punk. Anytime um, there's yeah, any no, mystery, it's CM Punk. <laughs> right. And if it's, you know, he wears a lot of hoodies and um, <laughs> he was a hacker on Vanilla Brand. But um, yeah, I I honestly, I guess I'll just say how stupid I am. I I, I didn't even consider Sammy for this, but I, I mean, it just renews my interest in this whole feud. And, uh, yeah, they did it brilliantly with the whole burning the pictures thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't expect this to be Sammy at all either. I mean, it just, it seemed like, you know, this feud was done and, and they were going to move on from it. Um, but it's almost, it's almost so obvious that it was Sammy, you know, why, why wouldn't it be Sammy in the way? So yeah, they, I mean, that just goes to show their, their ability to uh, keep us on our toes. I like it. And I, you know what? I bet you Matt wants a bit of redemption for this match they had for the fans sake. What's the proper blow off, right? Right, right. Angry. All right. From here, we go back into the ring. I think we come back from a commercial break. All the tag teams are out on stage. Uh, we got the old fashioned uh, uh, Gilbert Plains. Bingo yeah, there. Kingsman Bingo, uh, Gilbert Plains social raffle bin in the middle there. Uh, Tony Schiavone announces that there's going to be a fatal four way tag team match next week on uh, on Dynamite to uh, give us uh, a number one contender for the tag team belts. The teams are going to be drawn at random. Uh, I believe we get uh, private party first, uh, and then John Silver and Alex Reynolds next, Butcher and the Blade, and then of course the Young Bucks next. Um, there was no doubt in my mind that the Young Bucks weren't going to be a part of this. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's officially set next week. 
number one contender four-way tag team match private party butcher and blade alex reynolds and john silver versus the young bucks um this is going to be an insane match i hope they pull it off properly um we've seen these multi-man matches before and i and i hate them so i'm looking forward to them proving me wrong on this one but um what did you think of when the young bucks finally get in the ring um yeah, you know, I just liked how they pulled this off. Yeah, I, I I think they did a really good job of convincing me at least that this was going to be sort of cordial. You know, it wasn't it wasn't going to go awry, and then and then it did. <laughs> and I everybody mean, got super kicked. Matt absolutely kills Isaiah Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah no no hand was up on that one no i don't think he was expecting that leg to come up that quick but uh it was good i i loved it and uh we got we got excalibur saying one of the catchphrases that made him famous as he used to commentate on ring of honor and we get a super kick party he was so pumped and yeah super kicks for everybody and then we get a brawl i like how it started like everybody was there. All the tag teams at, at the front rushed in for like a second. And then all of a sudden it all fanned out and it was just the four in the ring. I don't know. It was kind of weird how everything kind of happened there, but uh, you know, the Bucks standing tall at the end. And uh, I mean, can we just put it on paper now? It's young bucks versus FDR at full gear. Like that's happening, right? If they swerve us, again and we gotta wait until revolution like i might be mad but happy at the same time i would love this tease to go on longer but i want to see this match already who who would make sense who would make sense to do a swerve here um if anybody um, was to face ftr at full gear it would have to be butcher and blade i feel like because private parties already had their private shot. parties already had their shot. They had a brush with greatness, and you know, I mean, as as awesome as Silver and Reynolds have been in the past month, they don't deserve it. Silver, yeah. as a solo wrestler, has more wins than Reynolds and Silver together. So I just don't see how they get that. So I mean, it's got to be Butcher and a Blade, wow. and it would be a when really you put good it match. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it would have to be Butcher and the Blade, but it's probably not going to be in. Yeah. But, I mean, even with a Young Bucks win, they're creative enough that they could, uh, you know, say an injury or something. You know, Nick's pretty good at falling on his head. Getting caught they under the doors. Do <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to this match next week. Uh, I hope they pull it off. Uh, definitely. Let's get into, um, God, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about this match. Unfortunately, um, this was the AEW women's world championship, uh, Hikaru Shida versus big swole. This was announced last week. Uh, swole's been kind of on a tear and, and, and this was her shot. Uh, you know, this is this has been about five or six matches in a row with Hakura Shida that I've just been kind of like like you have it in the notes here meh like like this this match was not good at all like at all there was nothing good about this match 
I don't know. I, and I and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either because um, Ikaru Shida is awesome. But this is too many instances in a row. Like, we can't blame it on Swole. I mean, we could. We can't. But what about all those other matches, like, with Rosa and, and, and whatnot? Like, they just they weren't coming off well. All the other yeah. matches were. So, yeah. I, I mean, I love Sheeta. I love Sheeta. I don't want to admit it's her yet. Because I feel like when the other Japanese girls come back, even when Statlander comes back, I bet her and Statlander put on an awesome show. But yeah, I I feel like, and uh, you know, don't be afraid to tell me if I'm stupid on this one. Sheeta is an athletic woman. If you follow her on her yes. socials, she she does some like amazing physical feats but like you know running the ropes and things like that it's it's not it doesn't look good at all and um you know we've been saying throughout the weeks that there's probably a language barrier here some mix-ups are happening and we're not able to call audibles in the ring and it shows Mm -hmm. I feel like it's got to be those two things that are just not making these matches look good. And I totally agree with you. I I think she does the champ for a reason and she's good, but I don't know. We're just not seeing, we're not seeing the good stuff here. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I hate to, I hate to say this, but maybe it's time take the belt off Sheeta and when things get back to normal and the full women's roster is back, then we can work another story, put the belt back on her, and then maybe we'll get some of those title matches that we we deserve to see. Um, I think yeah. it's just a just a unfortunate situation for her that uh, she's been kind of forced to work with people. I, I feel like she does the kind of the kind of athlete or wrestler that needs to build a rapport with her opponents they need to touch a few times um you know that second that second round um the tag team match with rosa was a lot better than the singles match with rosa you know what i mean so there was that familiarity mm-hmm. already maybe that's what we need to see i don't know but this match was i mean like you said it wasn't good i set a new high score in tony hawk last night or on Wednesday night. Like, that's how bad this yeah, match was. Yeah, you got the sticks going. I got the you sticks You know what? Going. And 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 you know what? Let's let's give these girls the benefit of the doubt. They don't give these ladies some time to build a story. We're just seeing just True. matches. True. So maybe if we had some emotion in here and they could portray that motion, emotion, it would be better. How about that? I, I, I totally agree with that because what would really help I, I might have mentioned this in a in a previous episode um, of, of our show but if you did the kind of the uh, the vanilla recipe for building a story back in the 90s where champ versus challenger but they work a tag team match and then they're they're part of like a run-in and then the next week they do this, they do something different, they get the touches in, and then when you actually have the championship match at the end of the month 
or whatever it will be, then that match is good because yeah, there's an invested story there. But yeah, when you get just thrown in and she does working with someone, she hasn't worked with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming off. It's coming off. Like, do you feel like this was just there to have all of the belts? Yeah. 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 I'm not going to go as far to say that maybe an FTW match would have been better suited here. But, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but... Uh, Although I'm sure Ryan Gage would have had a good match. Probably. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like, I like we're not trying to shit on, on, on Sheeta. We're not trying to shit on Soul, Swole. Um, it's just an unfortunate situation. Like, I, I really think they got to be careful with how they, they book these matches with Sheeta. She needs familiarity with her opponents for it to come off good. That's that. So yeah. she to win, she retains, of course. Um, yeah, let's move on. Uh, just before commercial or coming back from commercial, I always forget where the commercials are, but uh, the next segment, we get announcements for next week's Dynamite. It's another action-packed uh, episode. We're going to get Britt Baker in action. We're going to have the opening round, an, an opening round match uh, of the AEW tournament. We have the Fatal 4-Way tag team match that we announced a little bit earlier, and we have the uh, the steak dinner between MJF and Jericho. I already forgot what it was called, uh, the dinner debonair that's what it was Some, yeah something like that um oh and here's your announcement um in two weeks we're getting a are we getting a rematch between cody and, and orange cassidy is that what's going on yeah i think this is going to be for the tnt championship so it's kind of like unfinished business and cody's giving him uh the opportunity to finish this off and do it right interesting so that'll be exciting to see in two weeks time from there um here we come back and we see Kingston coming out with the Lunch Brothers and they're headed to uh, commentary. And then we get this uh, vignette, this kind of promo, if you will, with Sean Spears and, um, you know, kind of coming after Scorpio Sky for getting involved in the in the Matt Seidel match. Um, what did you think of this promo by Spears? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I'm I'm pumped for this match. I think this is going to be. This can't be bad. Like I don't know. I don't know. I can't see how this is going to be a bad match. You got Sean Spears, the veteran, and Scorpio Sky, this young guy who's just killing it right now. I'm I'm super pumped for it. Yeah, for sure. I I can't wait to see sky versus spears but i also can't wait for spears to be part of this four horsemen resurgence and they're still not giving it to me and i'm starting to get cranky (laughs) but yeah it's a slow burn it's a slow burn Uh, we'll get it in a year and we'll be talking i told you guys no um all right and then uh this is where we get right into the uh, AEW championship match again announced a little bit earlier in the night that this was going to be no dq we got Kingston and the Lunch Brothers on commentary. Um, everything was in place for this to be, you know, the killer amazing match that uh, that we wanted it to be. I just feel like it, I don't know, were they scared to do some some gruesome stuff on TNT or, or what it was, but uh, eh, just eh, it just kind of fell flat. It was a great match. We had some, like, pretty, you know, cringeworthy spots 
um, that set up on the chairs that uh, Moxley goes through, those chairs just exploded off of his back. That looked like it hurt. Um, I feel like he got one in the head as well. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was a, it was a hard hitting match. It just it didn't have that impact that uh, the New Japan match had. What were you? Yeah, and, and I mean, from the very beginning, I thought this was going to be like match of the year mm-hmm. when John Moxley's doing a paradigm shift in, uh, you know, 12 seconds, seconds of the yeah. match. <laughs> um, obviously Archer kicks out, but I mean, you, you feel like that's going to be the tone and then it just went really slow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there were some big spots like Archer with the cannonball sent on mm-hmm. onto Moxley. I thought he broke the hell out of his ribs on that one because Archer's such a big dude. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like I feel like Kingston stole this match. Oh, one hundred percent on the commentary. Like, 100%. I felt. Like I wasn't watching the match and I was just listening to Kingston. Yeah. I, I love how he's uh talking about Remsburg. And <laughs> and uh hey, yeah, look, yeah, see, yeah, he uh you know, he, he's he's favoring Moxley and yeah. you know, those kinds of things. Like I, I thought that was perfect. I like how he tells JR to shut the hell up and you know, don't get lippy with me and so I spent most of my time just listening to Kingston. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was the best part of this match. I agree. I agree. Um, there's one time where he tells Shivani to stop giving him lip or else he's going to come over there and smack him. And Shivani's just like, well, please don't. <laughs> he just backed up. <laughs> um, no, Kingston definitely 100% stole the show here. Um, no fault to to Lance and, and Moxley, but I mean that just shows the talent that this guy's got. And of course he's wearing the Expos jersey, you know, like that's, that's just HSF, man. Yeah. I would love that. Who, who remembers the Expos? Like, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, sure. That, oh, I'm sure a few people do, but yeah, that, that was really cool. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like this was one of those times where this was more about the end of the match, like the after the match than the actual match itself? Oh, definitely. Because uh, we get some action here at the end. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, Moxley pulls out the win. Um, It, it was a decent finish, you know, to talk about the kind of blah match, but the finish was really good. Moxley gets the win and I mean... Archer, was it Archer just like gets up right away and just starts pounding on Moxley again. And and then that's when Kingston's on commentary. Hey, boys, let's go help. Let's go help him. And and it should be noted that Kingston was really putting over Moxley during this match as well. Like, you know, there's a reason he's the champ. Like, he was really putting him over. So, yeah, let's go help out Mox. Let's go help out Mox. And it all makes sense. But, I mean, once they chase Archer out of the ring, then the true intentions come out. And this is where this is where I really think that maybe this whole story was really about Moxley and Kingston instead of you know Moxley and Archer. And I liked it. I liked I liked the way they ended the show here. Yeah, it went slightly a bit. It was long. not long, but he kept repeating himself. Well, so I don't know if he was trying to take up more time or. I think I think maybe he didn't realize how much time he actually had. 
and he went a little too fast and then yeah they're like dude you got like 30 more seconds he's like oh shit so <laughs> like the camera zooms in really close and he's just get he's getting really close to to moxley's face and i mean it ended up working out like it was fine but yeah i, I know what you mean it was just like they mistimed it a little bit yeah they could have beat him up it, for 30 more seconds it was so obvious what was gonna happen and I love when this happens. It's so obvious, but when it, because it's done so well, you're just like, oh yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Like I was so surprised by the spinning back fist. Yeah. I, I had to, I had to double take. I was like, did he just hit a Judas effect? Like what's going on? <laughs> I had to go. Yeah. Back not, like, I don't remember. Has he done this move before? I don't think so. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he chokes out Moxley which is, you know, perfect because that's what Moxley did to him. Um, yeah, to, really good ending. Call back to dark. Really good ending. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was an yeah. awesome way to, to cap off the show. Um, so, I mean, after they make a big deal about all the championships being on the line on a dynamite, of course, none of them change hands. Um, maybe one should have. We do have the visual victory by Orange Cassidy, but it ends in a time limit draw. I mean, it was a good show. The the really only weak spot was the women's match. Unfortunately, I hate saying those words because it always comes out to me when I say, oh, the women's match was bad. I feel like a jerk. You know what I mean? Because everybody's like, oh, it was just bad because there were women. No, if that was that was, you know, Orange Cassidy and Cody. I mean, I've buried, you know, men's matches, too. So I just I, I it's unfortunate. I want the women to do well, but. You know, we have a journalistic uh, responsibility in a way to to call to call it how we see it. So but it was a good yeah. episode of Dynamite this week. And yeah, they need to give the ladies more time to build to build a story. I think that's what's missing. It's that emotional connection. They're doing such a good job with everybody else's storylines. I don't know why they're getting forgotten about. Figure it out, Kenny. Figure it out, Kenny. Yeah, that's Kenny's job the hell big belt machine or whatever your name is um all right so that was a great show again um thanks for listening everybody you can catch us on anywhere you get your podcast from we actually have a new one i forgot to mention uh we are on overcasts now i got the email this week um if it's anything similar to apple We've, we've probably been on overcast. I still haven't gotten a confirmation that we're on Apple, but that's where I listen to our podcast. So uh, wherever you get your podcast from Spotify, Google, Apple, overcast, breaker, all those other ones, uh, go check us out. We're also still on YouTube. If you want to check, uh, see our ugly faces, as I like to put it, uh, we appreciate a like and a subscribe. And of course on podcast, subscribe, leave those five star ratings. It'll really help us out. Congratulations, Corey. Love you, brother. Uh, I hope Chase is a future AEW champion. That's a wrestling name right there, Chase Payne. Yeah, he's, he spelled it uh, weird, too. I shouldn't say weird, but uh, C-H-A-Y-S-E. But he made like, right. I don't know how else you would pronounce that, but he made sure to text me, you know, like a wild goose chase. I'm like, I dude, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations, brother. I love you. So, uh, yeah, thanks for all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll catch you all next week. Peace out and go fuck yourself, Cornette.